And as I was praying, we are frustrated as a people. And I have a question to ask you now. Two Sundays ago, we started out the Advent season, and I want to ask you a question from that Sunday. Who is your hope? What is your hope in? And I think the answer, hopefully, if you heard that message two Sundays ago, Jesus is hope. I mean, if all your hopes have been dashed lately, let me tell you, Jesus is your hope. You're having everything stripped away right now, possibly. All your hope is gone. Let me tell you, God wants to build hope in you in Jesus. Last Sunday, we talked about peace. If there's ever been a time when we don't feel peace, it is now, and Jesus is peace. And last Sunday, I talked about our anxieties, and I'll add the word frustrations into that. We are to what? Take our frustrations, our anxieties to God and present them to him. And as we exchange our frustration and anxieties with God, give them to God, he gives us peace. Peace that passeth all understanding, peace that's on the inside. It's a calmness in our souls. Today we want to look at the whole topic of joy. Joy is something that in a worldly sense or externally when you have a newborn child, there's just incredible joy that fills your, you buy that new car, there can be some joy. But this is a joy, it, it has an emotional component to it, but this joy that I want to talk about this morning is a joy that's deep inside, it's in our souls. And I don't know if you've ever found yourself saying, what I need right now is... Maybe it's a new car, maybe you think you need a new husband, or maybe you say to yourself, if I just had a different job or if I had a job, then I would have some joy, I'd have something to live for. Uh, don't misunderstand me this morning. External things can help you cope in tough times. If everything's going awful externally, you're going to feel turmoil, you're going to feel loss. And hopefully, if you have some ability to change some of that external stuff, not the husband one, by the way, but if you can get a new job that would bring you more joy or work at a place that's more uplifting, do it. But understand, that kind of joy, that kind of even peace, that kind of hope, it's fleeting. And we've seen in COVID how quickly everything can turn so fast. I want to warn you this morning. You will find chasing that hope, that joy, that peace in this world, it will not be found outside of Jesus. That deep down inside, you know, you probably knew somebody, they were sick and dying and they were just so filled with, with hope and peace and joy and, and love. They, they just oozed it from the inside out. And you, you may be wondering, what in the world's with them? Have you ever wondered why a millionaire works to be a billionaire? 
I mean, my theory is, is because a million isn't enough to give them that hope and joy and peace. They need a billion dollars. They need more. It's almost addictive because this world's hope, this world's joy, this world's peace, it just doesn't satisfy completely. Have you ever wondered why the guy with an awesome wife, and I often think this all the time, I, I find out somebody's had an affair in their wife, and I, I sometimes even know their wife, and their wife is like sweet and kind and pretty, and I go, why would people chase after something else? It's because we're trying to fill up that which only God can fill up. What we all desire, what we all need deep in our souls cannot be satisfied by external things. And by the way, there's many more fingers pointing at my heart. I need to hear this stuff. It's important to make the distinction right at the beginning of this message that the joy I'm talking about isn't like, I mean, it's similar, it's an emotional component, it, it's joyfulness on the inside, but it is different and separate from the joy that the world can give you, which is fleeting, and it loses, and moth and rust and destroy, and pandemics can mess up. And we're gonna look at kind of four different areas of, of this God's joy stuff. As we look at the biblical explanation, it becomes really clear that God's joy comes from him. Bible joy or authentic joy are found in God's presence. And I hope after these four points you will understand how God's presence brings joy. And it's a different kind of joy that the world gives. It's a joy that doesn't run out. Joy is the very essence, this is important to understand, joy is the very essence of God's character. First Chronicles 16, 27. It says that strength and joy fill his dwelling. In other words, where God is, there is joy and there is strength. And it's unbelievable when we enter into his presence how we can feel that kind of stuff. Psalm 1611 reminds us that you, God, will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You see, God is so much of this joy that we need deep in our souls. And when we enter into his presence... I mean, think of Adam and Eve. They used to walk with God in the garden every evening. And I believe that walking, that relationship, that intimacy with God, there was an incredible joy that Adam and Eve got to experience that when they were put out of the garden, it was no longer there. Being still in God's presence brings joy. Do you understand that? And I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about ritual. I'm talking about a relationship with God. You will not get God's inside out joy by being a legalist. You won't get it through going through the motions or just showing up at church or, or reading your Bible and checking it off on your list. You need to technically get right into the presence of God, into who he is. You need to, I, I loved what we heard this morning, just the special song. I mean, as she described this, almost with tears, 
How when she heard and hears the song, when she enters in, when she gets into God's presence, what it does to her being. Joy can flow from the inside of us. It's a river inside that never runs dry. It is not based on any circumstances externally. External worldly joy, and I've repeated this over and over again, and I want to hear it in my soul, external worldly joy is fleeting and very dependent on life going perfect, isn't it? Oh, I just wish my life could be like it was. Or I remember the good old days when I was happy. We need to understand, point number two, that God's joy never runs out. It is a bottomless pit that just keeps giving and giving. Jesus explained to the woman at the well, when he asked for a drink of water and they got into this whole dialogue and she was shocked that he would be asking her for a drink of water, and then he says these words to her, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. The water I give them, listen to this, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, if you are at all into kids' songs, you probably had a song pop up in your head. Spring up, oh well. I mean, we sang that song as kids, but do we believe it? That internally there is something that you and I have that is unbelievable and priceless. It is a river of life. It is a joy in his presence. And all we need to do is to activate it. We need to actually slow down and enter into his presence. I was explained really early on in my Christian life that religion is not what we in the evangelical do. And by the way, religion in that term, I'm not talking about the James perfect religion is, but religion defined in that statement is ritual, legalism, going through the motions, the rights and wrongs. And I was always told we are not religious. We believe in relationship. And is it just relationship with one another? Yes, that's incredible. And God often ministers to us his presence in relationship in the church. But really what this scripture is teaching is that in God's presence, we get this river of life that flows from the inside out. Joy, friends, comes from a relationship with Jesus. It has taken me a lifetime to understand that God's joy comes from being in his presence. As a 20-year-old, well, actually it started back when I was 19 years old. I was in Bible college and uh, we had an assignment and it was in an Old Testament class of some sort and we had to read uh, four or five books in the Old Testament and we had to journal every day what we got out of it. Well, I was 18, 19 and so you can imagine I did not do any of the assignment till the night before. And uh, so I think I started at six o'clock. And so I did go through the motions and I, I'd read the scripture and I'd write out what God spoke to me about. And I finally finished at 6 a.m. in the morning. And I was able to hand, I got two hours sleep. And I remember waking up thinking this is gonna be an awful day because when you only get two hours sleep. But you know what I experienced? 
Because it wasn't just going through the motion, reading the scriptures and, you know, what does it say? But I actually was in his presence for 12 hours. And I can tell you that joy from deep inside my soul. It's the first time I, I felt it. It's the first time I really experienced it in, a, in an overflowing, overwhelming, all my circumstances externally way. I felt his presence in my soul. And in his presence, I felt joy. It was unbelievable. So it wasn't two years later, I was unemployed, my credit card was almost maxed out, I was living in my parents' house in my old room as a 20-year-old, and I had no job, I had no hope, I had no peace externally, and I remember sitting there going, I feel awful, I'm actually really depressed, and I said to the Lord, I said, God, what can I do? You know, I'm thinking, is there a place I can go look for a job? Is there some money I could find buried in the backyard? Something like that. But all of a sudden, I remembered back to that class. And so I determined in my heart, heart I was going to go into his presence every day. And I began to read, and I think I started reading the little wee epistles, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, I started reading those, and man, did I get my heart filled up. It didn't take a day or two, and I had lots of time. And, and I remember I started jogging, and while I was jogging, I'd be in his presence still. I'd be enjoying nature, and I'd just be overwhelmed. And it didn't take, I just felt him like I'd never experienced before. And my whole external life was a mess. Oh, and I just had a girl that I really liked had broken up with me not too long before that. I mean, externally it was just awful, but internally I was being renewed. I, this, this tent was being revived. Last Sunday as we were praying before the services, we have a prayer team, and if you really feel called, please come with us. We meet in the gym an hour before the service starts, and we just pray. And I got the word frustrated, it came to me. And I think we're all really frustrated. I shared last Sunday how we need to exchange our frustration at the cross for God's peace. If we leave frustrations unchecked externally, it'll turn to anger. The exchange to peace happens in this letting go that we do. Sorry, I hear something weird making noise. Somebody's phone's ringing. It's my phone. That's embarrassing, is it really? It is my phone. Wow. What's it playing? It's playing a song. That's funny. I was looking at uh, a few people in the front pew. I thought it was you guys. And you're all looking, it's not me. I'm just trying to ignore it. it. Sometimes, lately, Siri gets a mind of her own, and she thought I wanted to play a Christmas song. It wasn't even a good one, actually. Oh, oh where was I? i got to remember. Something about joy, and that was funny, and that was external, but that was funny. This week as we are looking at the emotion of joy, and, and again, it, it's not the kind of joy that the world gives where you laugh and you burst out loud, but it's just a joy. It, it's different than peace. It is, it, it is a little bit more emotional than peace. Peace is like calmness. Joy is like, 
I am just so happy. And when we go into his presence, remember Psalm 1611, you will fill me with joy in your presence. When we go into the book of Nehemiah, now Nehemiah had to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem and in fact there was, when you think of Jerusalem at this time, or Israel at this time, they had gone through a really rough time. I mean, it was beyond pandemic problems. I mean, they had been uh, overwhelmed by neighboring forces a few times. Uh, Most of Israel had been exiled, Nehemiah being one of them, and he was in the uh, king's royal guard, and and, uh, he had got a report about, he was just curious how things were going in Jerusalem, and he got a report back, and it just made him sick, and he thought, I gotta do something about this. And so he went to King, I can never pronounce the guy's name, has lots of A's and R's and X's and Arxites, or however you say it, And he went to him and he said, can I go rebuild the wall? And God says yes. And so they rebuild the wall. Lots of weird things happen. They keep adjusting. God keeps doing it. And then at the very end of the adjusting and everything that they did, um, it, it gets really interesting because Ezra the prophet starts reading scripture, scripture, And I love what happens because now they're in God's presence with the scripture. And the first thing that happens is they all break out crying, just like we heard this morning. They break out weeping. They repent. And then Ezra says, hang on here. This is from the Lord. And when I read this, we need to understand that God's joy is fuel for us to endure life in Nehemiah 8.10, listen to what Nehemiah, I mean, these people are just broken up. They've been in God's presence. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, listen to this, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, I told you last week how my dog got sick and Yes, I, I probably spend too much money trying to recover him and all that kind of stuff. And uh, one of the problems I told you is he has a tough time drinking. He always has. And uh, we had heard that if you buy a water bowl that's a fountain, that the dog will be attracted to it. So I went on Amazon. Sorry, I couldn't find one locally. I did try. And uh, I went on Amazon. I bought this drinking fountain, well, this water dish, and it's got a fountain that flows. Oh, my dog loves it. He just drinks and drinks, and he drinks so much he almost gets sick. He loves the thing so much. But I noticed something about this fountain because I put it together. The pump is deep inside. You can't even see it. I mean, the water is just flowing out like a spring, and it's never-ending. And I noticed, though, that if the water runs out, if the dog drinks all the water, then this well no longer flows. Now, this illustration breaks down in the sense that you need to understand that deep inside you is a well that never runs out, and all you need to do is to tap into it. And this spring will come out from the inside of you and fill your emotions, your, 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 your thoughts and your conscience with joy, and it will be unbelievable. Let me give you a promise, and this is my fourth point. If we really pursue it, if we really go after it, God's presence, his joy, 
will overwhelm your worst circumstances. And again, if you're really grieving something, like things have just really gone bad for you, it, it might not be a joy that's laughing and bubbling on the outside, but it's gonna be felt deep inside you. Last week in my message, I mentioned John 15, and that's the vine and the branches passage. I am the vine, you are the branches, and I really encouraged all of us that we need to connect with God. John 15, 11 says, as Jesus wraps up the teaching of the vine and the branches, I have told you this, oh, and I love this, so that my joy may be in you, vine and the branches, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you feel the imagery in that text? This is not like anything the world can offer where moth and rust and, and, and rust destroys. This is a kind of joy. This is something that wells up in the inside. This is that river of life that, this is that drinking, this, this cup of water that just never gets empty, that you will never find goes away no matter what you're going through. And I love, a few verses later in verse 15, John 15, 15, Oh, listen to this. I no longer call you servants. This is going back to the relationship thing because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, oh, and this has got to touch us. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. This is intimacy. This is relationship. You did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So over the last four or five days, anybody I came in contact with, I asked them this question. First of all, explain that the presence of God is where we find joy, deep down inside joy, and so I said, how do you get there? Now understand, I, I also explained that the primary way to always experience the presence of God is in his word and in prayer. And so I, I, I said that's an assumption I make that you go to the Lord in prayer and Bible reading. But then with our personalities, there's lots of other things we do to be in the presence of God. Now I know, I think I see Dave Bernier in the back. You go golfing for that, don't you? For the presence of God. He doesn't go golf. He just goes golfing for fun. Okay, that's, a, I was wrong. I was sure I was right. I talked to one person this morning and said, I love being out in wilderness because I, you know, Romans 1 says that God is revealing himself or has revealed himself in his creation. So it's not wrong to go out in his creation and go, wow, I'm in your presence, God. I talked to another person that likes to draw. They, they read the scriptures and then they draw out what they're reading. And that's where they just feel the presence of a, a number of people. This was the number one answer I heard over and over again. I love to listen to worship music. You know, I, I like to just hear and see the words. And we put the words up this morning, not so that you'd sing, although some of you broke our rule and sang, but that's not illegal. But I wanted the words to be up this morning because I believe it brings us into his presence when we worship. One person asked, I said, so you read your Bible and you pray, but what really brings you into his presence? And this person said to me, I take a piece of paper and pen and I write out everything I'm thankful for. 
And as soon as, you know, and I think this is a posture thing. When we humble ourselves and come under his authority and we say, I'm God, thank you for, well, the scripture says we're to be thankful for everything. But this person said when they write out their thanksgiving, it, it just brings the presence of God to them. Oh, I heard lots of different ways that people go into the presence of God. May I encourage you this week? Figure out what your thing is. Get into the word, read it, pray, and do that thing, whatever it is. And some people love to go on retreats, like they go to a retreat. Another person said to me they they listen to podcasts of different sermons that just inspire them and they feel the presence of God. Some people like to just go away into the wilderness on their own. They just like to be by themselves. I'm guessing introverts kind of lean that way. I've tried it a few times. It's okay, but I'm an extrovert, so I have to take a dog with me because I can't stand being alone, even though I'm in the presence of God. But what is your thing to bring you into his presence? Because his presence has joy. His presence will overwhelm you from the inside out. Oh, I remember one other one somebody said to me is, they love going to Bible camp. They went as a kid, and now they love to volunteer every year for a week or two. Just being out at Bible camp, just brings them into the presence. All that worship, that teaching on the word of God, the games, the fellowship, it just brings them into the presence of God. Some people said, I just love to watch a sunset and I feel the presence of God. Some people said, I like to just go camping. What's your thing? What do you do to bring yourself into the presence of God? And here is my conclusion. Jesus is hope. Not like anything else. Jesus is peace. And this morning, Jesus, his presence, being with him, is joy. Let me ask you, let's get into his presence. We need it so bad in our frustration right now. We need his presence so that we can have his joy. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, Even as I say, let's bow our heads and pray. We are in your presence. And I'm just asking God that you would overwhelm our circumstances with your joy this morning. And for some, and I believe it's around 15%, they're not even noticing COVID happening. But for the 85% of us, we need your joy. And if we have learned anything in this time as those things have been stripped away that, you know, we got to shop quickly, we got to get in and out of the store, we got to buy what we wanted. Oh God, we want to be in your presence this week. We want to hear your voice. Oh, and I remember God, somebody saying to me this morning, when I'm reading the word and I Stop and listen for what you are saying to me. That's when I'm in your presence. Oh God, let us be your friend. We are no longer slaves. We're no longer servants. But there is a sense of intimacy with you. Oh God, may we commit today by the power of your Holy Spirit to go into your presence where there is joy. And the only person to blame We can't blame COVID, we can't blame unemployment, we can't blame our spouse. The only thing that robs us of joy is when we are not in your presence. Oh God, we commit to you anew this week 
to be in your presence so that we can have this river of life welling up on the inside and overflowing with joy and our joy will be complete. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. As I said last week as I ended the message, um, are you born again? Because none of this will happen unless you're born again. And uh, if you're not born again, in other words, if you haven't received Jesus in your heart, please talk to somebody here at the front or somebody that you maybe know from the church or if you're watching online, please just phone the church office, email us and say, how do I get born again? If you need prayer this morning, we have some people down at the front, great people, and they would love to pray with you. Maybe you just say, I am actually overwhelmed in my circumstances. Would you pray with me? Would you lay hands on me and ask the Lord to fill me with his joy? Like, just come down and get that. Maybe you just need to pray for somebody else that you know is overwhelmed. And you're just coming to the front and say, my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, I just pray for joy, the joy of the Lord to fill them. Would you please stand with me? Most often I end from 1 Thessalonians, but today I want to end with that John 15, 15. And I want you to hear it really close. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. That's why we read the Bible. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. Amen? Amen. Amen.